0: Today is Thursday, February 17th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 448 featuring Boston Celtics Finals MVP Cedric Maxwell is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. What's up, everyone? Welcome into a new edition of Celtics Beat. I guess this is All-Star Break Edition. Gives us a nice, clean few days, though, to go back, dissect, check everything out. And certainly, we want to hear from you guys. Get in on the uh, the comments section, the chat, if you're watching the live video, all that good stuff. Rate, review on iTunes. We love you for being here each and every week. And this guy, we always Love when he is part of things. Cedric Maxwell, of course, I said it off the top of the show, NBA Finals MVP. He's obviously a multiple-time champ. He is uh, an author. He is a part of the CLNS family. He is uh, best known, of course, uh, as an analyst
1: on the Celtics Radio
0: Network. I'm Adam Kaufman. We thank you for being here. Max, how are you, man?
1: Here's the thing you say immediately, and this is, I I absolutely love this. You said best known for being a broadcaster wasn't that best known for being a player one time well
0: I th- I th- it depends on the uh, honestly that, like, that if, it, true. if, if, That's if true. i'm if i'm if I'm being candid here with you max sort of depends on the age demographic of who's listening right
1: that is so true and I find that to be so unique in the fact that I think I was in the garden yesterday and I was in the legends club mm-hmm. and I was having dinner with some clients who were there I was doing something for the Celtics and they're scrolling down and they have a uh, they have pictures of different players on yeah. the wall and it comes to my it comes to me and it shows my picture my name is spelled wrong they no on Cedric no <laughs> at the garden this is in the garden I said who do I need to talk to Straighten that <laughs> how out. that happened. so I'm not sure you know you, you can put these things in perspective but that's one of them that makes you go on, hmm, yeah
0: that's okay. a that's a, an intern somebody had to no, talk, no talk to you after the fact
1: no know, know your role okay <laughs> it would it would never Jason Tatum's name would never be spelled wrong. That's you. right.
0: You know what though it's it is true because I I was watching I don't know this was weeks ago at this point when it when it originally aired. and I don't know if you saw it if you didn't. It's awesome but uh I think it was Fox FS1 had had put out a documentary on John Madden. It was called All Madden and as it turned out it aired just a couple days before he he passed away. So uh, hopefully he got the opportunity to see it and hear everybody just just you know glow about his life but uh, there are so many people, let's say, you know, around my age or certainly younger that just, you know, they uh, associate John Madden as a broadcaster first, the Madden video game. People don't think of him as, you know, a, a hall of fame coach. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's all, it, it's all sort of when people come upon you, I guess.
1: That, that really is true. And, I, and I, I've so many different titles come. Sometimes you hear people say, well, that guy right there, he does television or Cedric Maxwell is doing the radio, or another one you'll hear is always, um, I'll get introduced to a younger fan, and the dad or the mom will say, you know what, he played with Larry Bird, and I will immediately straighten him, I'm like, son, Larry <laughs> Bird played with me. That's right. <laughs> so so it is all, it's always been fun, I think it's so cool when I hear, we talk about broadcasting, and people I've known, now more as a broadcaster than I was a player because obviously I played with the Celtics for eight years but I've been broadcasting with the Celtics now for 26 years.
0: My goodness. So
1: my my lifespan goes a lot longer in broadcasting than It does those two banners that and my retired jersey up at the top of the of the, band, of the field up there.
0: That's going to take us full circle here uh, a little bit later in the show. I, I want to get into some stuff relating to the fact that you know, those multiple banners and and your number up there and the rafters and all of it. But you might even know where I'm going, but we'll come back to it a little bit later. We're going to talk plenty about this team, obviously, and what's gone on of late wins and nine out of ten. But just first off, with the all-star break here, I feel like historically, and you've been coming on this show for years. Historically, uh, this is about the time of the year that, you know, you'd be at least pre-COVID times. You'd be heading overseas. You'd be getting some new threads, new suits <laughs> for TV and everything. You know, obviously going back back home to Charlotte. What are the plans?
1: Uh, plans actually are. They're they're today about uh, five o'clock. Taking the flight, going to Charlotte, and just kind of going down there to hang out with my friends. I have uh, uh my daughter and my baby boy are down there, and my granddaughter. So yeah, I just kind of go down to just hang out and just detox away from the game. Yeah, uh, these next as Sean Grandy surprising me the other day was talking about this. We had about twenty games to go. I'm like. Whoa, I thought we had 30. Or so. so with 20 games to go, now I see it's a it's a sprint towards the finish line. So I was just going to say that for all the people that, like,
0: we, we all do this in, in sports, no matter the sport, you get to an all-star game, at least other than football anyway, you get to an all-star game and it's, you know, all right. Well, that's, that's the first half of the year. Let's talk about it. Like, no, Celtics right now are 34 and 26. They're 73% of the way through the year. They're effectively three quarters of the way through the year, Max. So it's, you know, when, when this team, when, when you, Grandy, everybody comes back in uh, a little less than a week's time at this point for the, you know, unofficial second half, it's the stretch run at this point for the postseason and and trying to make the playoffs, avoiding the play-in tournament. Right now, Boston is sitting sixth in the east, uh, half game clear of that play-in tournament, uh, two and a half games out of third. Of course, they've won nine out of ten, should have been a ten-game winning streak going into the break. Uh, sixteen out of twenty-one. Just we won't really go into all the specifics of of that disappointing loss to Detroit. You and I were talking a little bit about it off air. I think anyone who who watched it knows, and and not to make excuses, but to to some degree, make excuses. It was a trap game. You know, you don't have Rob Williams, you don't have Marcus smarts. You're down two of your starters. It's the second half of the back-to-back. You had to travel. Obviously you go from blowing out Philadelphia by damn near 50 points to going back home where it, where you take away excuses and are unless you want to include Detroit shooting 53% from three and having one of its best games of the year, despite how bad that team is. And we are talking about one of the worst teams in the NBA this year who had come in with eight straight losses Sees reverted back to some old bad habits. You know, there there were just it was a sloppy game. It was kind of an ugly performance. But I think, and this is what I'm gearing up to here, for me it was it was much more of a a one off than it was a uh oh like that that nine game winning streak was a mirage. This is this is who they are again.
1: Yeah, I I, I believe that. I think if you look at the the way they play and what they hang their hat on is playing on the defensive end. Uh, certain things have happened with this team, and and I'm sure I'm probably jumping the gun and and we'll talk about this, is the fact that why has this happened? Why have you stopped playing so well? Well, to me, it started out basically with Tatum and Brown addressing an issue which has always been in the room. Can these two guys coexist? And when they came out, and and I think I remember Tatum saying, look, we we like each other, and we're going to find a way to make this thing work. Uh, Marcus Smart saying a couple of things about, you know, being, passing the basketball. Uh, since then, and then believing in what may has said, uh, purposely getting the extra pass. Um, and then I, Sean Grandin, my broadcast partner, said this, and he said, you're looking at Tatum and Brown, and you said, wow, they need one more star to go with them. And then you look around and he said, is Rob Williams that star now? Mm-hmm. He, that guy developing in front of us, blocking shots, rebounding, running the floor. So that the transition of this team has happened because of all those things. And Grant playing Grant Williams playing extremely mm-hmm. well, where he's the second best in the league in field goal and <laughs> three point percentage. You yeah. never, you know, you never put it put that in. So I mean, just it was a lot of things and then put on top of that Brad Stevens. Uh as you and I know, and, and people around here, when this team was playing poorly, it was a knee-jerk reaction was to trade everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, do this, do that. But Brad didn't do that. Now there's a knee-jerk reaction with this team playing well, then why don't you just stay packed? Well, he didn't do that, and he changed. And I think he, he is deliberate. He's a thinker. And as I said before with Brad Stevens, who would know this team better than Brad Stevens? and buying the groceries and the fact that he had this team and coached this team for as long as he did. So he would know the strengths and weaknesses of this team. Unlike anybody else. Let's
0: go step-by-step max with some of the things that you just talked about. And, and first and foremost, because this probably gets the most airtime, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, here among the talking heads, radio, TV. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's real easy for, for someone like me, let's say to say, well, you know, the, Tatum and, and Brown, they, they kind of had this, this come to Jesus and they, they got together and they talked and they, like you said, they heard everything that everyone, Kendrick Perkins and others was saying about them and separate them. And one of them's got to go or these guys can't coexist. They can't get along. Like Kevin Garnett years ago saying they were redundant to one another. It's easy for, you know, a, again, sort of us, those of us with simple minds to look at it and just say, well, Brown and Tatum, they, they figured it out, man. They, they got on the same page. I want to go deeper than that because you are, I mean, you're a perfect person to ask. You played the game at a professional level, at a very high level, at a finals MVP level, at a get your damn number retired level. How did they do it on the court? How did Brown and Tatum specifically, you know, I don't care what conversations happen in the locker room of, look, we got to make this work. We got to figure this out. We want this. We want this for each other. We like each other. How do they go out on the court and make whatever those conversations are translate to winning basketball?
1: I think that the big thing that they've done and Tatum in particular is like, especially in Brown early in games, when he gets hot, you don't go away from him or vice versa. And neither one of the guys now seems to be anxious about getting a shot. I haven't had a shot and, and, you know, seven, eight times down in the first early in the game, realizing that they are volume shooters. So they're going to get five, six shots in a row. So they now I think they're saying, okay, we're going to get the best shot for whatever person is out there. So I think the, the level of being anxious is over with those two guys. And uh, they believe that if one guy is hot, then that's going to allow the other guy to have less pressure on him in the basketball game on the defensive end.
0: We had Ian Thompson on with us last week and, and one of the things that we got into was, you know, what, what you alluded to here with, with Brad Stevens, obviously knowing this team as well as anybody and going out and, and, and buying the groceries. How does he best want to surround those two stars? And what I mean by that is, you know, it, it, fans have this pipe dream of like Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard or, or whomever it is, you know, like random superstar X in the NBA. Coming in this off season and and helping to lift this team to to yet another level, if like you said, we're we're not to default to like, well, maybe Rob Williams could be that guy. And I asked Ian, you know, how does Brad want to do this? Is it better to get another third star in here, and and you know, you're giving up a package of guys, salaries, TB, whatever, to make it work, mm-hmm. or do you want sort of more of the the Derek White types in in the sense that guys that maybe they're they're not stars but they're obviously they know how to play the game you know they're they make the right decisions they're smart high IQ basketball players that again can play at a high level and come in and and just help lift the collective as opposed to that one guy that can drop 30 any given
1: night I believe the the narrative that you painted with Derek White are is probably the best one because you have two two dynamic players here already in Brown and Tatum and I think what you want to do is just kind of Fill in. You know, it's like if you have a window and you have a leak in it, you you don't tear the pain down. What you do <laughs> is you put putty up there and you kind of seal it. And I think that when you get those kind of players and another thing about it, when you get an established guy and say it was Dame Lillard, I don't know what kind of deals are going to be out there, but say it's Dame sure. Lillard. You start looking at age. Right now Brown and Tatum are growing together and these are two Two young dynamic players. Rob Williams, young. Marcus Smart, young. So you got these the core unit right now of young players who like each other. They've done something here lately which has surprised me. They lift weights after each Mm -hmm. and every game. That to me, I didn't and and they have this they have this rap music going. I couldn't tell you a song out there, whatever (laughs) they're doing, but they had this rap music going, they're lifting weights, they seem happy. And I think it's a a certain amount of camaraderie which has come back to this team. It's almost like a, Now I watch them do that, it's almost like a a college environment. And everybody's trying to pull for each other instead of over the last couple of years, like, look, I didn't get mine or he didn't get his. And so that's going to make us, we're we're not going to be good until I get mine.
0: Uh, it's true, Max. And I, I don't need to tell you this. You're, you're watching the games not only in, in, in greater sum, but closer than obviously me or the average person. The, the last year and a half, two years, I mean, watching this team has been very, an inconsistently enjoyable experience. Let's put it that way. You know, it's, it's obviously, it's been miserable more often than not from a fan perspective of, man, like there's so much talent there. Why aren't they just, Figuring it out to where obviously over the last, you know, few weeks, like I said, 16 and five over their last 21, you know, playing really well. This, it's all of a sudden become a man, like it's, it's, it's borderline appointment viewing. It's like your favorite show is coming on TV. You're looking forward to it. You mentioned obviously, you know, first and foremost, Tatum and Brown, you know, second to that, obviously the, the defense, although the defense has been playing at a, an extremely high level, damn near, you know, tops in the NBA all, all year long. It's, it's been phenomenal going sort of to that, to that next tier, what do you associate what this turnaround has, has, you know, come from is uh, to me, it's a a collective of things that I I can happily rattle off for you, but your perspective, you know, what's taken us from, you know, where this team was just floundering around 500 much of the year to where we are now
1: to where this team is, you know, eight games up. I believe in exactly what you said. I think that this team has, um, to a man, they've come together and they enjoy playing with each other. They distribute the basketball. Um you have have a leader uh defensively, and Marcus Smart. You have a leader defensively, as when you when you watch some of the things Rob Williams is able to play. Um I marvel when I think of Grant Williams, his basketball IQ. Did mm-hmm. you and I or anybody see Grant Williams becoming this three-point threat, able to nope. up fake a guy, take a sidestep, and then still hit a three. There's so many things, and and you watch that. And Al Horford kind of rounded himself back into, um, you know, to playing shape. Mm-hmm. And, again, yeah, just what, to me, is more like what Brad has done. And Ime, in particular, uh, your your head coach, ripped that band off of, uh, you know, look, as Brad just say, look, put that on me. That's my bad. You know, we didn't have these guys. No, Eme goes, that's his bad. And we told him, and we, this is how we started and making the players take a little bit more ownership yeah, of of you know their actions. And I happen to like that. And that's how Brad ended up hiring Eme, you know, because you could at the first press conference, Eme kind of dug at Brad a little bit about this team not passing the basketball. Mm-hmm. And also, he, he said, look, I am coming here, and I talked to Tatum, I talked to Brown, and they want to be coached hard. And so does that mean holding them accountable? I think it has. And we don't see, you know, a year ago, we see Jason Tatum on every play he went down. Ah, I got hit. I got <laughs> Something happened. He hit me. You know, or just go. In fairness, there's been right. a good amount of that this year, too. Well, I think he's changed. He he is he's dropped part of it. It's like back for a while, it was every play. Score, yeah. don't score, whatever. Now it's gotten down to maybe thirty percent where it goes to the basket, he gets hit and yeah, but but now it's not as much in your face. And I think what mm. of that is because of Eme being around.
0: What kind of growth have you seen with Eme over the last again, few weeks, months since this turnaround? Because yeah, you know, I don't need to tell you. You've been on this show talking about it over the course of, of what was the first half of the year. There was a lot of, I mean, irrational fans out there on social media with the fire E-May hashtags. We were never in the fire E-May camp over here on this show. That's crazy. You know, you, you had to give him a little time, obviously, to get things figured out to, to implement his system to get guys to fully buy in. And you just don't fire a first year head coach half a season in, you know, you give him a year and a half or something like that and see how it works out. So that was never really a talking point. But clearly, he's got this team playing much, much better than it was. And you can mix in, you know, the schedule kind of went to crap for a little while, and the Celtics, to their credit, took advantage. They were blowing out bad teams. Now they're starting to beat some good teams, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Detroit name game notwithstanding. Obviously, the team, uh, you know, largely fully healthy during the winning streak, you know, aside from when Smart and and Rob were unavailable there at the very end. Uh, so that plays into it, you know, continuity and all these things that we've said this mm-hmm. team needs sustained health and just and rhythm over a uh, a few weeks stretch and let's see what they can be. Well, now we're seeing it. What do you, you know, how much of that goes to Ime and, and and his development as a coach? Um,
1: I think a lot of it does because we heard people for a while saying, how could you bring a rookie coach in here? He doesn't know what he's doing. That The system isn't right. People have backed away from that. And I think that he is showing, if you watch him, he is showing more command out there as a coach. You can It's not nothing he's saying, but I can feel it. And I can see how the players look at him for guidance. And because of that, I think that that's the growth that I look at uh, him as a coach, uh, not necessarily X's and O's, but also distributing guys, uh, giving them time. Because you can't play with so many guys in a lineup, you want to play everybody. But he had got to a point; he may was playing maybe eight guys, nine guys, and everybody else has to sit and watch. Mm -hmm. And because of that, that rotation, you might get some people on the bench who are, you know, might be a little uneasy because they didn't get a chance to play. But he's been playing to win, and um, and his best opportunities are playing eight, nine guys not worrying about the other five or six guys on the bench who didn't get a chance to play. So, Max, I think what everybody's wondering, you know, we're all
0: wondering, and we're going to wait and find out, is, is this sustainable? You know, again, the Detroit game being a one-off, so the previous nine games – and I don't mean winning by an average of 20 points or something like that, but the things that the team was doing right and, and doing well. And again, the continuity and, and health is always the next factor. Is this, this run, you know, to where all of a sudden people are are lifting that ceiling of where they thought this team could go. Is this sustainable?
1: Defense is always sustainable because it's about effort. And if you give that maximum effort, then you're going to get those those maximum results shooting the ball can come and go. Um, when I looked at this team, and I've said this many, many times, when they decide they're going to out-defend you, they win their share of games. When they, out, when they decide they're going to outshoot you, they lose those games. And last night would be one of those examples. They never really out-defended Detroit in the game last night, whereas most games you've seen in the last couple of weeks – they have defended at such an extraordinary pace that the other team never really even had the chance, really. I mean, you think about the Philadelphia game. Philly was down like, you know, about 20 before you could blink your eye. And mm. then they're trying to battle to get back in. Most teams, the Celtics have been ahead with most teams this year, especially during this, uh, this re, I guess, refound energy. Of uh just playing the game on a very high level and consistent level. Over the course of the
0: year, you know, it's I, I feel like anytime things have gone well, and what I mean by that is like winning two out of three, three out of four, you know, nothing like what we've seen over the last few weeks. We've, we've started to have conversations about sort of again reshaping what we believe this team can be. And I've I've always said, whether I've I've offered it or been asked, it's been You know, to me, this is a team that it it could swing either way. Like they could make the play in tournament and not reach the playoffs. They could, you know, go to the, the, certainly the, the first round, the second round. And, and if everything broke perfectly, right, everything broke, right. I could see them, you know, losing in the conference finals. I still don't view them as the team that could represent the East that could make the NBA finals with what we've seen as, as, you know, again, over these last few weeks, what's the perfect scenario for this team? You know, what's what's the perfect ceiling for this group? Do they have enough to to truly be a contender?
1: Yeah. I'm like you. I don't believe it yet. I still think they have a lot of growth from their coaches to the players, everybody around. Uh, their ceiling for me, it was almost like you said before, I said if they could get to the conference finals, I think that would be the gem of gems. And then kind of build from there. So um, you think they have a young Brown, they have a young Tatum, smart. They have these pieces which are going to grow together collectively and, um, you know, become that team that could formulate and possibly win a championship. But uh, you, you're you going to have to have a couple of more in my, my camp, a couple of more dogs in there, a couple more guys who will, uh, you know, will were, were will gnaw your arm off you know mm-hmm. so like that coyote love where a guy you know a guy is with a woman and he said he doesn't want to move and i said i don't want to move because she might move and he just gnaws his arm off <laughs> <laughs> okay i can get out of bed now yeah I mean that same thing they got to have those dogs right really would really would gnaw their arms off to to be into a winning situation take
0: one quick break folks say that uh, of course this show is brought to you by betonline.ag football is over unfortunately with basketball we got a lot left again a quarter of the season then a couple months of playoffs there's a ton going on in the NBA plus NHL as well, and you got college hoops and and the like. So from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, whatever it may be, Bet Online your top spot number one for all your sports betting needs. You can head on over to the website, use your mobile device if you'd like, sign up today, receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code that is CLNS fifty to get you started. uh It's not just that either; you got. Um, you know, there's there's baseball futures, there's uh like like I said, there's hockey, there's basketball, there's boxing, there's MMA, there's NASCAR, there's golf, there you name it, it's available to you. Olympic coverage is that winds down. Get into it. Uh, from sports, all the sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest, the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and of course, play all your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Max, so we've talked a, a lot about this team. Again, I, I've used the term as a collective. Individually, though, Derek White, you and I, we've not had a chance to discuss Derek White yet, who came in to trade deadline. And uh, overall, I know... He wasn't great against Detroit. He had that huge steal, obviously, market-smart, winning plays-esque, and unfortunately, Jason Tatum couldn't bury the winning jumper. But overall, it wasn't a great game for him necessarily against Detroit, but the prior few, he was terrific you know he's got a in those three games a, like a plus 64 rating overall <laughs> uh not shooting the ball as well as as uh, you know we'd we'd hope and I still think that'll come I'm not worried about it or anything like that incredibly small sample but I think the biggest thing is that he is just whether it's the familiarity with with Brown Tatum smart from FIBA playing obviously for EMA as well as assistant uh Will Hardy in San Antonio he, he's just He's fit in so seamlessly. Has all of this worked out better
1: than you expected, quicker than you expected? Well, I think it's kind of worked out better than I expected. Uh, I talked to him briefly coming down the elevator uh, in Philadelphia a couple of days ago, and I talked about, Ted, you've been trading. He said, i have been traded before. He said, man, he said, Greg Popovich, your coach of San Antonio, calls him up and said, um, I need to uh, come down to your room. And he said, oh, my God. You know, like, in your mind, like, what happened? Or what's going to happen? he said, he paced and paced and paced. And he said, finally, Greg came down and said, um, we just traded you. And he like, and the next question always, where? Right. And he said, Boston. And he said, wow. You know, and I think he felt good about playing with Brown. I uh, felt good about playing with Tatum. Um, this was, uh, uh, his basketball IQ is, is high. Um, another thing which, you know, people don't realize is just you look at his family. Uh, he has wife that's pregnant. And so you've just told that guy that, you know, you got to go. Yep. And in the NBA, let me give you a little thing here. When you get traded to another team, and it was during my time, it might still be now, but they give you two weeks. That the team picks up your room uh, at, at a local hotel. I'm not sure where he's staying at, but at a local hotel for a week or two, uh, just to get adjusted. So uh, that uh, and trying to learn the city, trying to learn how to get to practice. Like you think you know these things because he's been here to Boston many times before, but you realize you don't know jack crap. And yeah. she was actually live in that city, and that was me when I got. Traded to Houston, that was me when I was with, I was with the Clippers. I had to mm-hmm. kind of learn my way around. It was just not going to the arena anymore. And uh, I think he's pleasantly surprised about Boston. What about on the court? What have you seen that you really like so far? Basketball IQ is good. Anticipation is good. Willing and able to shoot the ball, good. Uh, the results haven't been as good as him knocking down shots. But that will come. And it will come because he is going to – his mental game is really tough. And in talking to him, I said, basketball, he said, yep, basketball is just basketball. So if I cut, if I move, if I go to do almost what I did in San Antonio, go find certain spots to stand in and be ready to knock the shots down when they come to me, I'm going to be 10 10 paces ahead of the crowd. So I I think that, you know, that has been an easy transition for him.
0: What'd you think of Daniel Tice coming back? And I know we've we haven't seen much of him yet, but you know, we know what Daniel Tice brings. He was here, you know, forever before obviously getting dealt to uh originally Chicago and then signs with Houston and finds his way back here. He got his payday. You know, he joked when he was asked about it. Everything, you know, kind of worked out for him, obviously. But uh now he comes back in and, and you know, you 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 blow out some bodies that either didn't fit or certainly weren't part of any sort of future, whether it's Ennis Cantor and Bruno Fernando and some of those other guys. Tice coming back in, we'll see what kind of role he specifically has, because as you noted before, Emei likes to play with maybe a shorter rotation than Brad typically did during regular seasons. But, you know, what did you think of this move, especially as another guy that,
1: you know, he's got some term left on his deal? Well, that's one. You got term, left on the deal. I think it's his option, player option. So you you have him wrapped up for a little bit longer. Uh the biggest thing about Daniel Tice, he comes back and plays with two guys he's played with over the maybe four or five guys he's played with over the years. He played with Rob Williams. He knows he, he set great picks with Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown love him as a defender and a guy can shoot the ball and knock down shots from the outside. So Horford. gets it. All this is a very, very familiar environment to Daniel Tice. And if you're a player, to come back to to the familiar, once you went to Chicago, and then Chicago is completely different from Boston, then you go to from Chicago, you go down and you're in Texas. And it's like, and then you finally come back to Boston. Now you're, you're a general area that you first came in on and you're really comfortable. So I, I like what's happening right now with Daniel Tice. So as you look ahead, then,
0: this is sort of the, the next question for Celtics fans. We've got a little time anyway for this to play itself out, but the buyout market, you know, we'll see what guys become available, you know, who ends up getting cut loose. And we're starting to see it like – Goran Dragic is, you know, a a name that you know briefly became available, even as recently as as last night. Like Tristan Thompson, you know, Rick Carlisle says, "Yeah, we're waving him. He's going to Chicago after he played a pretty good game for for Indiana and was around for all of about a week." Celtics have three roster spots to fill, Mm -hmm. and that's not to say Max that they have to fill them all. You know, they they had five. They you know had to bring up a couple of guys immediately. So Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett found their way onto Boston's roster, and and we'll see if hauser in particular is is someone that really gets an opportunity because this this guy can shoot but with these three available roster spots anybody that you're thinking could become available on the buyout market who you think would just be a perfect addition here
1: wow that is really a very good question the buyout market what do you need here and on this team uh you, your bids are really good Tatum and Brown, I think you need a quality backup to either one of those guys Uh, because you're going to always have one of them on the floor. I would love to have something like that. You don't even look at bigs anymore, like a drumming. As much as I like Mm -hmm. him, talented as he is, he doesn't fit the scheme for this team. So um, remember when everyone was pining all over DeMarcus Cousins? How many times has he become available since? Well, given this other thing, too, with Marcus, Marcus with the Marcus Cousins, is the fact that he also tore his Achilles twice. Yeah. So his ability to do what he did one time before is is long gone now. So you have a completely different player. If he was as healthy and stayed healthy, then you wouldn't. I don't think you have a have a question about this because of who he is as a player and what he can bring to the table. He can knock down shots. He rebounds the basketball, and what we know, he's mean as a dog going to jump your dog. And I like <laughs> him.
0: Are you uh, are you one of those that that would really like to see Isaiah Thomas get another opportunity here, or to you, you feel like you've you've seen enough of what you know? It, again, unfortunately, this is not a personal attack on him. This is just a, a professional reality. You've mm-hmm. seen enough of of you know what he is now based on all the different places that he's gotten
1: an opportunity since that you're, you're kind of, I'm I'm good. That's not a priority. Well, for this team, I don't think it's a priority, um, you know, of having guards and and shooting guards. You got guys who can put the ball in the hole. Uh, And there's times when, when you look at him, Isaiah, he becomes a liability on the defensive end. So uh, I've never seen a a crowd base connect as well as they did with, Marcus Smart, but at the same time... Oh, me, excuse me, not Marcus Smart, but talking about Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. never seen a crowd-based connect like that with the IT time, it's my time, 4 yeah. I've never seen a, a fan base connect, but I think also that time of what he did and his role and what teams like and what they won't do now, I don't think it, it, it fits the bill for what the Celtics want to grow into.
0: So what what does this team need? I know you talked about more help on the wing to kind of, you know, supplement or, or or just help out Tatum and Brown. But, you know, is it, is it shooting like obviously this team has been making more shots, shooting a lot better over the last few weeks. You know, a field goal percentage is, is, is up, effective field goal percentage, you know, getting into the analytics and all of that. But I don't know. Could a guy that's that's right there, Sam Hauser, I know he can't defend. But is he a guy that you'd like to see getting an opportunity just
1: to to be something of a a spark off the bench? Well, when you get a guy like him that can shoot the basketball, that is a spark. That's a weapon that you're able to bring in a guy that can knock down shots. Well, you think about over the last couple of years, the Southwark have looked at some other people on their bench and said, oh, my God, that guy right there is a a stone-cold shooter. Getting the game can't knock down those shots. So I I think that there's – the adjustment period for the Celtics and the honeymoon for the Celtics is now over. I think the biggest thing they have to do is put these guys together and get ready to play for the last 20-minute uh, stretch, those last 20-game stretches they're going to have.
0: So, a couple more things I want to talk about with you before I let you go. And uh, one league-wide, more team; the other more team-specific. So, uh, this was a couple weeks ago, I think. the The NBA released it's top 15 all-time coaches in no particular order, just a group. I'm sure you saw this mm-hmm. and the Celtics were well-represented. You had uh, obviously red hour back. You had Casey Jones. You had uh, uh doc rivers was on the list as well. And I looked at this list and I, I just thought. Was it, wasn't, wasn't Bill Fitch on that list. Bill Fitch. Yeah. Bill Fitch on the list as well, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and deservedly so, but I looked at, and again, like people love doc. He's a great guy. He's a media darling. He's, He's, you know, he's he's just like a, people. He people won one championship, right. man, he's, and 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 presided uh, presided over like uh, multiple of the worst collapses in NBA playoff history people, that, but, but, that, that but we've ever seen.
1: But people love Doc Rivers. You think of those personalities that you talk about. How many of those personalities you go, man? I could I could go out and drink a beer with that guy sure. Rivers is one of those guys that, you know, you feel like you could, do you feel comfortable at all? If I told you, you know, Adam, go up there and uh, talk to Greg, Greg Popovich real quick. (laughs) It's it's probably
0: be a short conversation on his
1: Exactly. And, but Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, you look at the number of games he's won to win the championship the players he's the, how he's affected this, this league, Uh, with that great team he had with the Celtics. And think about it. Kevin Garnett doesn't get hurt that next year. Celtics won another championship. And, you know, the franchise is, again, completely turned upside down uh, once Kevin Garnett got hurt.
0: Sure, but that's, I mean, and maybe if Kendrick Perkins doesn't get traded for Jeff Green, I'd like to... But these are what-ifs. This is a reality. The reality of this list to me and seeing Doc get on it, it just, it it doesn't fit. Like, I I don't... like, I think Doc is a is a woefully overrated coach. I think he's a good to very good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I don't think he's an all-time coach, a top 15 all-time head coach.
1: Hmm. That is a great question. Do I believe he's a top 15 all-time great coach? I mean, that's
0: what the NBA has told us. He's on the I list.
1: Would say, I would say no. I think he is really good. I think that he's a great motivator. He's really good at X's and O's, mm-hmm. but he he's a player's his, coach, ma- yeah, you know, a manages. Egos. I, I think a, so with all those things you're saying, I think he's gotten, uh, he's gotten another side. We will always remember Doc Rivers, not only as the coach of this and then playing in this league, but we'll remember him for a line that he gave when he talked about black people uh, during the riots and said, all we mm-hmm. want you to do is like us back, and and that resonated not as a as a coach, but as a human being, mm-hmm. and it went so far out. So I think part of his persona is bigger than the game itself. I don't think he's the best coach in the world. I think he's a long ways from the the worst coach in the world. But I think his overall persona has made him one of those top coaches we talked about. All right, this one is
0: is. You know, much more. I don't know. Hits home with you, maybe. I'm sure you've you've mm-hmm. thought about this. I'm sure you've seen it all. You know, on on social media, uh, whether to maybe talk to your friends or or even Grandy about it on the air. I'm not sure. So th- again, this
1: weeks ago, but I haven't had you on. This I I'm gonna jump the gun here. Okay. I am not one of the top 15 Celtics of all time.
0: All right, well, listen. Whether or not you believe you are, whether or not you believe you are, the Celtics put out its. You know, did, I, did I jump the gun then? Well, you did jump the gun, but but it. But that's okay because there's there's more here. So here was the list for anyone that missed it, in no particular order: Larry Bird, Paul Pierce, Dave Cowens, Kevin Garnett, Tom Heinsohn, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy. Uh, Dennis Johnson, Sam Jones, Bill Sharman, John Havlicek, Jojo White. I lied. It wasn't a particular order. I saved this one for last. Ray Allen. This list came out and everybody, everybody almost universally reacted and went, what? Ray, Ray Allen? Like, I mean, only guy on the list that doesn't have his number in the rafters. You have your number in the rafters. Uh, Garnett will have his number in the rafters. I don't think Ray will. I really don't believe that, nor do I believe he should, by the way, which is a that's an entirely different conversation. But Ray Allen being on the top 15, you want to say, like, just based on their NBA careers. Sure. You know, like you and I have had that conversation about Garnett before. But if we're talking about what they did in a Celtics uniform, top 15 Celtics of all time, so many people reached out to me when, when I tweeted this list after the Celtics put it out on, on Twitter saying like, how in the world is Cedric Maxwell? And there were a couple other people that that were named as well, but how in the world is Cedric Maxwell not on this list before Ray Allen? I'm asking you, Cedric Maxwell, how are you not on this list before Ray Allen? Even if you don't think you should be on the list, you got to admit you're on the list
1: before Ray. Um, no, I really don't. I, I, I I I love Ray Allen, and, and, and the reason I love Ray Allen is because I see Ray, Ray Allen as me uh, being one of those guys that you actually forgot how good he was. The Boston Celtics, in, in when they got together, it wasn't the big two, it wasn't Paul, it wasn't Kevin, it was Ray included in that. And I think he goes by the wayside for that. One of the greatest shooters the game has ever seen. Defended like a son, gun that people don't even talk about his battles with Kobe Bryant. Um, Hall of Famer, first round ballot, Hall of Famer. I think that you're talking about longevity with the team and what you did with the team. Yeah. yeah. I, did, yeah I, I did win two championships with this team. I was a finals MVP. Could Ray that year when they played against the Lakers, could he have been a Finals MVP? Yeah, yeah, I think arguably he was, but he wasn't yeah. officially. Yeah. And, but but that but that's that's your point. He was he was so. But that's my point with him. He's been looked over, and I I'm on the other page. And this is where and this is where you and I like each other. And the fact we we're like the uh, when I went to my divorce, the I was arguing about the point with the with the judge, and he said, "Well, Mister Maxwell." This is where you and I can agree to disagree. But I have more power than you. That's what he was saying to me. I don't feel like I have more power than you. But what I look at in Ray is that he is such a great player. Because people, and I think another thing for me is because people like me because I talked a lot too. My my persona, my person. Ray mm-hmm. really didn't give you a whole lot of that. Ray yeah. gave you what one thing Ray gave you that, you know, that even resonates today is the fact that you remember Ray Allen, two and a half hours, three hours before game, getting shots up. His work ethic was was unparalleled. And people always talk about, well, Kevin Garnett changed the culture of this team. Ray Allen helped change the culture of winning on this team. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, I I understand what you're saying about the years of service, but sometimes it's not the years of service. Sometimes it's the quality of that year, which might enable you to maybe step above others. But most of those names you, you talked about all those names you talked about were hall of famers. They were hall of fame players. And I don't think did you mention was uh, Casey Jones mentioned in there. I uh, uh, I don't remember it if I said Casey. I, don't, I didn't say Casey and Sam. I said one. I'm yeah, I don't, I don't not sure if you said Casey, but then there was another Sat Sanders who yeah. won, who won multiple championships, who won seven or eight championships, who was a Hall of Famer. He's not Gaden is not on that top 15. So I don't have any. Uh, here's the thing that I, I love about all this, Adam: the fact that you would mention my name. That's enough for me. <laughs> and I don't need. I don't need any more other than I don't need to be like when you are like right there, it's like people talk about me saying you could have been you could have been a hall of fame. I'm not a hall of famer. I'm a I'm a really good player, but the fact that you mentioned the the fact that I could have that you thought about that I had a chance, that that to me is already a win-win scenario. So um I have no animosity about Ray getting to be a Hall of Famer over as you said, over me. And matter of fact, I, if I was voting, I would have voted Ray, <laughs> Ian, because that's how I feel about Ray. At Ray's game and what he brought to the table as a player, uh, his work ethic, uh, his ability to knock down big shots. Uh, he came in and changed He came in and helped change the culture of a franchise that had been losing. You know what the real
0: problem is, Max, with, with lists in general, and I, I say this fully realizing that I am the one sitting here doing this. The problem with these lists is anytime that you read a list and you disagree with a list, whether it's Doc on the coaching list, Ray on the, the you know, Celtics at 75 list, you, you have to argue for why a guy doesn't belong on the list, if that's your opinion, which, which sort of, you know, leads to like you were saying leads to that takeaway of like well here's why this guy has gotten overlooked and forcing someone to argue back the other way and it's it just sort of becomes a you know a referendum on a guy's either career or or segment of his career and race case where uh it i don't know it it just sort of makes you feel like a crappy human being
1: well what does it say (laughs) i mean what does it say when you're talking about a guy who's a first round ballot hall of famer Sure. One of the greatest shooters we've ever seen, who took arguably one of the biggest shots in the history of the NBA to help LeBron James get another championship uh, when he was down in Miami. Where does Ray really land at? Where, if, if Ray is to get his, I'll, I'll ask you a question. If mm-hmm. Ray is to get his jersey, um, if, if Ray is to go in the Hall of Fame, what jersey does he wear? That's my question to you.
0: What's funny about Ray, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, is that his career, at least his main three stops, you know, Milwaukee, Seattle, Boston, before that time in Miami at the end, were, were so evenly split. Mm-hmm. You know, he basically played his career in thirds and then those, you know, those last couple of years yeah. there. So it's, it's hard to, I wow. mean.
1: Like
0: there's a chance it would be Boston just because of the championship. He didn't have his best years in Boston, Yeah, uh-huh. but maybe it would be Boston just because of the championship. If we're up to him, it wouldn't be Boston. If we're up to him, I don't know. Is it Milwaukee? I don't
1: know. That's a, that's a question. Like, of, like
0: Kevin Garnett, like Kevin Garnett would that's be. In a the question, Hall of I, that's a question as, I pose to you. Yeah. Like, like KG though. If, again, if, 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 Springfield worked this way like it does Cooperstown you know if like Kevin Garnett he would be in the Hall of Fame if it weren't up to him if the if the league chose he'd be in the Hall of Fame as a Timberwolf if if it were up to him he'd be a Celtic obviously
1: well, how, did, how did he go in how did he go in
0: well, you just go. You just go in as like Kevin Garnett went to the Hall of Fame. You don't go in. I thought you. It's
1: not like baseball where they put a jersey on you. or No,
0: you don't go like you're bust or or whatever. In yeah. in you know, Naismith doesn't have a, a specific. It's just your whole career is written about on the plaque.
1: Hmm.
0: Baseball, it's you know you're you're going in with a team, but yeah, they oh, don't do that. that. They don't do, do that in, you in have basketball. A, you have football. a do you have a number on your jersey or not? I don't think so. No, I think I think it's just it's your your bus. that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I thought you went in with with a number. I mean, Russell did not go in with number nine or whoever it is going in with these numbers. Did did uh, you know did Michael Jordan go in with his number? Everybody forty five. Yeah, does yeah. <laughs> 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 everybody remember they going twenty three? I mean, does Kobe go in? Kobe. What number are you going in with, Kobe? It's just yeah, Kobe Bryant period. So yeah, I do understand I do understand what you're saying, but that that's a that's a really tricky question mm. that you, you think about. Because if you're I would love to know that. Because if LeBron James, for instance, went into the is going into the Hall of Fame, what jersey would he choose to have?
0: I, I mean, I think LeBron, and this is sort of LeBron, the politician too, he'd go, if again, if, you if they all, if, if it worked his LeBron way, wear, LeBron
1: were, were LeBron were all three of them. No, 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 no.
0: I was going to say it'd be, it'd be Cleveland. It would be, it'd be the hometown team, even though he didn't win his most titles there. You know, he uh, didn't necessarily have all his best seasons there. He had incredible seasons there, but you know, you can obviously look at those four years in Miami and everything and get into the finals every year, what he's done with the Lakers since. <laughs> But I think Cleveland, ultimately, like, I don't even think there'd be any hesitation because he's just so, you know, Cleveland born and bred like that, or Akron specifically, obviously, but that's, you know, that's, that's him, even though he didn't spend his whole career there, that's him to his core. And by the way, like, we do believe we're way off topic, so we'll go in a sec, but we, (laughs) excuse me, we do believe LeBron is, is playing somewhere else, right? Like, you know, whenever this, like, whenever Bronny enters the league, and I've been saying this for years, whenever Bronny enters the league, LeBron's just going to go wherever Bronny gets drafted. Like, he's not a Laker until the end.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I, you know, and, and he, I know he wants to play with his son, and he says he wants to play with his son, but his business empire right now is in Los Angeles.
0: Is it? I mean, yeah, like, in, it is. I, I just mean like it in 2022, is. your business empire I mean, with, with technology being what it is, can exist. I understand
1: you're saying that, but your business empire with him, I think, is in Los Angeles because he wants to be around magic. He wants to be, you know, in that tinsel town where, mm. you know, things go on like that. I just believe that that's where he'd love to be. Sure. Maybe, you know, maybe he does follow Bronny, but you is Bronny going to be a role player? We don't see Bronny coming in like as a star in the NBA, do we? Not right now. You I think know. about the talented guy. No, you would say, no, if I had to give you a, a dollar to a donut and going, is LeBron, is Bronny right now going to come in like his dad, be one of the top chips well, no. that's drafted? Will he be, I mean, will he be a late for right now? LeBron James' son right now in his talent level, would, would he be a a first round pick? Honestly, I don't know enough about his you yeah, know, and, high school and, and career. That, but, and, that, and that point is is valid. Yeah. If you don't yeah. know enough about it, then that would mean no. He, he's not, right, yeah. He's I mean, obviously, like he's not going to be the, a top ten player. Yeah,
0: I mean, he gets the attention he gets because of exactly. LeBron, not because he, like LeBron, is is viewed as this yeah. second yeah. coming.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that that is um, – because then again, hell – who knows what college, player? I can't tell you a college basketball player right now in the country, period. I can't even (laughs) tell you one. That's that's how far removed I am and how the NBA has kind of separated itself from that. Because you see more players right now coming in from Europe, Mm. more players decided I'm not going to in the NBA, more players said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to play in this NBA development league, and I'm going to be under 19. I'm going to play, play in that. So you you don't know, uh, you know, who might be there. But will LeBron, will that ultimately be LeBron's last place to play? Or will he follow Brody? I don't And I know he said that, but it's just hard for me to believe if LeBron James' son is taken with the second, second round uh, pick number... 14 to 15 in the second round, and say he goes to Oklahoma City. Do you think that LeBron James will say, "Okay, I'm out of here, and I'm going to Oklahoma to play with Le- with, with Bronny"? No,
0: it depends. It depends how important it is to play with your kid. I guess if you're LeBron, i I'd. Li- I mean, it's it's like it's not the same because LeBron is still one of the greatest players in the world. But it just like anyone else makes me think of like Ken Griffey Sr. going to, to play with Junior.
1: I knew you were gonna say that. But did they, they, they want to play together or was the senior follow junior? How's well, that yeah, that's up? that's what I mean. Like,
0: I think senior, senior followed senior, junior. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, junior it, junior was the LeBron junior was, you know, was yeah. the the yeah. first overall pick.
1: Yeah. And we didn't even and we wouldn't have known who Ken Griffey senior was until, you know, he, he played great enough. But.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a World Series champ with the
1: Reds. He was a, a he good was, player no, in his own but right, he, but he wasn't but junior. Yeah, but he, was in the Hall, he wasn't a Hall of Famer. No, that's true. All right. So that's true. I don't know if a Hall of Famer is going to follow a guy to me, and, and I'm not – no knock on Bronny at all, but I don't see Bronny being that kind of player. And I can't see LeBron James – just say LeBron James um, – say Bronny got drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. I mm. think LeBron is going to so, say, well, you know what, L.A., I'm out of here. I'm going <laughs> to Charlotte now. No, I don't see that. So I, I think he said the right things, but uh, mm, I don't know. Well, was I, don't, a good not say this, I anyway. don't believe it.
0: <laughs> the show, once again, is brought to you by uh, betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Max, We've we've taken basketball, more and more basketball, into your all-star break. Now this is you get to you get to detox you get to relax a little bit. Really appreciate you coming on the show though, and uh, bug you here during the stretch run at some point.
1: All right, gentlemen, thank you for having me. I, do, I enjoyed your show. You know, I, I wish I could let the fans in on a little bit of our. I talked with a shirt that you had on <laughs> before, you know, I, I asked you to change it. But maybe one day we'll get to that story with uh, me. Don't make, don't make me mean. the bad guy. I'm not <laughs> making you the bad guy. We, since, Big tease. We'll, since,
0: we'll we, save that for the next show.
1: No, no, no. Since we opened it up, we will say it. When, I, when he first came on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he had a shirt on and it said, Hope. And it looked like, I remember it was, Barack Obama had the shirt, yeah. you know, for, well, this was a shirt that had hope on it and it had.
0: Brad Stevens,
1: Brad Stevens. <laughs> he was,
0: he was, you know, was giving me so
1: much faith and
0: confidence in this state.
1: like, dude, take that shirt off. <laughs> take, take it off and right now. <laughs> I can see a person of color going, did you come on his show? <laughs> with him making a mockery of, there was no they,
0: mockery. No, no, don't look, even. I didn't
1: say I didn't say you. But okay. I think some people would think that when okay. they talk about shirts and things that happen, and sure. you know, because some people take things religiously. You sure. know, it's like it's like Trump fans; they right. take things religiously. If you came on with a Trump, just say, for instance, if you had a Trump shirt. If I, if I
0: came on wearing a MAGA hat,
1: yeah, and and with me talking to you right now. How do, yeah. you think I, how do you think I you think I would <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, and that's a yeah. fair comparison. So yeah. I just wanted to pull the curtain back for our, you know, <laughs> our <laughs> listeners and our viewers just to kind of see some of the things we talk about and how we might change on the fly. But I did it's enjoy, true. you know, our conversation. I'm Always. Sure. I'll check up and, and get up with you again.
0: Love it. Alright. Thanks, Cedric Maxwell. Evan Valenti, our producer. He'll uh, be back with us next week. Adam Kaufman. Remember, rate reviews, subscribe on iTunes, all that good stuff. We'll talk to you again soon. Max, enjoy the break.
1: Alright, buddy.